So this morning, we're not talking about the disciples anymore, although we kind of are in a way because we talk about similar things most weeks. So we've finished thinking about the first team. But because we're thinking about crossing the borders, that's why I thought I'd make a fashion statement again, just like someone said earlier. We've all come on a journey today, haven't we? We all started in one place and got to another place, here. And for most of us, it was pretty simple and easy to get here. Either if it was just a few yards away, you walked it. Or even if it was a mile away, some of you might have walked it. And if it was maybe three or four miles away, maybe you drove here. And it was all pretty straightforward and simple. The reason was, perhaps, we knew our destination. We knew where we were going to. We knew what we wanted to do. And our aim was just to get to this building and say, yep, that's where I'm going to. And that's what he did. And everything was hunky-dory. It was a simple journey. We were going from one place to another place. Sometimes journeys can be really simple, can't they? You might even just go, like today, a few miles and that's it. Maybe you go a little bit more. Maybe you go 50 miles in a car and maybe someone else is driving so it's easy for you and perhaps easy for them. It's not too far. But if you take a 500-mile coach journey, say, or a 15-hour long-haul flight, that's not so easy. Getting comfortable and being nice to your fellow passengers all the time perhaps isn't so easy at the time. And that's a little bit like our life journey because I wonder, does your life journey look like that where it's just a straight line? You start in one place, straight ahead, and you end up at your destination. Is that what it's like? Of course it's not, is it? Is this more like what it's like? It is, isn't it? So we've got a starting point, and then you just go in somewhere, and you think, yeah, God's with me, God's talking to me, everything's wonderful. But then suddenly something happens. And then you go this way. And then suddenly something happens again. And now you're coming this way. That's life, isn't it? And so what we can do, as well as thinking about the squiggly line, is just add some borders to it. Crossing the borders, remember, we're thinking about today. Some life events. Health. Now, of course, all of these can be positive. They can be negative. They can be expected. They can come out of the blue. So all of these, they're not all, oh no, doom and gloom all the time. It can be really good. And the good things can turn you into a different direction as well, can't it? So it might be health or relationships or having a job or not having a job, moving home or or something, or having an extension or something done to your home, education, going to university or going on to A-levels instead of GCSEs, Uh, and then health again, because all of these things, it can be once, twice, three times, loads of times in our lives where all these things can happen to us and just where we thought we were going straight on and everything was smiley and lovely, suddenly we've had a bit of a change. We're less smiley and lovely, but then things get easier again and we're full throttle for what we're trying to do. 
and then things change again, and then we're less smiley, and, but God brings us through, we know God's there. But sometimes we might ask the question, amongst all these things, God, where are you? Perhaps we are thinking, am I, I'm on my own. I've just got one or two friends, and I just feel lonely. Perhaps that's how you're feeling today, with some recent changes in your life. You might be thinking, God, where are you? We're going to think about quite a few things today. Like we say, it's all about crossing the borders, these things that happen in our lives that either make us turn to God or might make us turn away from God. It's our choice, really, isn't it? Here's some verses I want us to think about. Hebrews 12, 1 to 3. This is from the Living Bible. Since we have such a huge crowd of men of faith watching us from the grandstands, let us strip off anything that slows us down or holds us back, and especially those sins that wrap themselves so tightly around our feet and trip us up. And let us run with patience the particular race that God has set before us, keeping your eyes on Jesus, our leader and instructor. He was willing to die a shameful death on the cross because of the joy he knew would be his afterwards. And now he sits in the place of honour by the throne of God. If you want to keep from becoming faint-hearted and weary, think about his patience as sinful men did such terrible things to him. And I especially like the idea about things tripping us up around our feet, things that come into our lives, these borders, these obstacles, if you like, which kind of, if we're not careful, will just trip us up and make us come a cropper. I wonder, when we are low, exhausted and worn out, and life isn't what we hope for, do these verses, like in Hebrews and similar ones, really help us? Or do they just sometimes, just now and again, maybe just make us think, oh, Christianity is a hard thing. Christianity isn't easy all the time. But it's not meant to be, is it really? Today we're going to investigate five people from the Bible. And there's some general, general questions I want you to think about. Because as always, I don't supply all the answers. I'm just trying to get you to think and to just to open your ears to what God is saying to you. I want you to think about these sort of questions. And like I say, I'm not going to answer all of them or many of them really. But for these five people, what was their journey with God like? Did they share it with anyone? Do we know of the end result? Can any principles that they faced and they thought about help us today? So we've got five people to think about. Let's start with a bad example. Just get a bad example out of the way and then we don't have to consider that anymore. If we're thinking of a bad example for following God when these obstacles and borders come our way, let's think of Jonah. We all know the story of Jonah, don't we? I've put a map. There's lots of maps coming up. So I've put a map on here and you can see that Jonah was in Israel, and God says, go over here, mates. I love you. I believe what you, you've got the capability, you've got the character to go along to Nineveh and to speak on my behalf. Of course, he doesn't do that at all, does he? He doesn't do what God says. 
he goes as far away as he can in the opposite direction. We know all this, don't we? We've heard it before. And it's interesting because I bet usually we don't do the complete opposite of what God says, do we? If God is saying, do this, we don't do the complete opposite. We're not like Jonah. The trouble is, I think we're much worse. We disobey God subtly. We don't go completely the opposite direction. We say, oh God, I've heard you speak to me. I'll do that a little bit. I'll let you reign in my life a little bit. But I want to take 95% of the control of my life. After all, God, it's my life. So we're not like Jonah, but we're worse. I'm worse. Because I know what my life is like sometimes, not all the time. Often I'm following God, just in case you're thinking, who have we got as our leader now? (laughs) Often I'm following God with all my heart, and with all my soul, with all my spirit. But sometimes... Perhaps like you, I don't. I hear God say something, and I think, yeah, okay, I'll do that tomorrow, when really I should do it today. Luckily for Jonah, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, and, he, and God said, go. But he didn't. But luckily, God spoke again to Jonah. And this time, he obeyed. The word of the Lord came to Jonah twice. The same word. The same hard word. First time Jonah said, no. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do the complete opposite. But the second time, yes. He followed God. He did what he asked him to do. So a good example and a bad example in a way. Because we all need to change, don't we? We all need to repent of things. And so Jonah is a good example in a sense because he definitely repented and changed and did what God asked him to do. That was Jonah. Let's go back a few centuries before that. Abraham. Now, here's another map. Abraham was over here and God said, not go over there. God says something really interesting. He says, one day, this is Genesis 12 verse 1, One day, the Eternal One called out to Abram, Eternal One, Abram, get up and go. Leave your country, leave your relatives and your father's home, and travel to the land I will show you. Don't worry, I will guide you there. Thanks, Jill. Can you come and stand up, please? She doesn't know anything about this, and I don't know what we're going to do really either. It's just off the cuff. Now, Jill, I, I want you to come and follow me. I'm not going to tell you where we're going. All I want you to do is just tag along. How does that sound? Okay. Could she be a bit more enthusiastic? <laughs> okay, Jill, you're going to tag along with me. That's going to be good. That's a bit better, isn't it? So, come on, come over here. Hey, you. Okay, a bit worried where we're going. Oh, I like that. That's, that's good. That's honest, isn't it? Oh, let's go this way over here now, shall we? Are we nearly there yet? Is that what you're going to say here? Well, no, we're not nearly there yet. But how about over here a bit more? How are you feeling? Tired. Okay, you better have to sit down. (laughs) Can you see what it's like? Does God ever do that to you? 
does God say, just going back on, you're over here, I want you to go over there. Here's all the signposts, here's the directions, this is what you're going to do, this is your next 10 years of your life, fully mapped out. He doesn't say that sort of thing, does he? He just says, tag along with me, be with me, listen to me, underneath my everlasting arms. God isn't going to say every step of the way where to go, but we know that God is with us. We know that he's going to guide us just like he guided Abraham. How about another person? Here's another map. Paul. Now, when I first became a Christian, I'd have some Bibles, and at the back of the Bibles were maps. Now, if you know me, I love maps. It's just like, I can't help myself. If I see a map, I've just got to have a look at it and see what it's like. And so, looking at all these maps at the back of the Bible that I had was really exciting, especially when I came to this chap, Paul. He went all over the place, didn't he? I used to think about his life and thought, wow, God's guiding me in certain ways. I was a teenager at the time when I first became a Christian, and God was saying, yeah, I want you to do this, I want you to do that. And I was thinking, yeah, okay, Lord, I'm going to do that because I'm, I'm all for you. I'm eager to listen to what you have to say, and I'm eager to do it. But then I'd look at these maps, and I was thinking, wow, I wonder if my life's going to be like that, where God sort of says things and does things, and all of a sudden, then it changes. All of our lives are like that. We've seen it already on a, a little diagram, haven't we? And so, but when you're a teenager, when you're sort of a bit younger, you sort of think, oh, that'd be quite exciting. And, and it is, but it's also a bit hard, isn't it, when you have these sudden turns that you don't expect. Here's a few verses from Acts 16. I've highlighted one word near the end. And, put, and this is Acts 16 from the Amplified Bible. And Paul and Silas passed through the territory of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to proclaim the word in the province of Asia. And when they had come uh, opposite Messiah, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not permit them. So passing by Messiah, they went down to Troas. There, a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man from Macedonia stood pleading with him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when he had seen the vision, we, including Luke, at once endeavoured to go on into Macedonia, confidently inferring that God had called us to proclaim the glad tidings, gospel, to them. They were going all over the place. They heard God's voice and they confidently followed God. They confidently did and went to the places where they thought God was saying, Sometimes it's not so easy to have the confidence, is it, to know where God's leading us? We know God's with us. We know God is next to us and his everlasting arms are right beside us. But sometimes we might not understand where we're going, what's taking place, and how God is allowing certain things that might happen to us. But amongst all these journeys, they were confident that they knew what God was saying to them. And that's a challenge to me, to grow in confidence in hearing the voice of God and then acting on it straight away. 
So we've had three people so far. We've had Jonah, a good example, and maybe a bad example. We've had Abraham, we've had Paul. Let's think of another person, this time from the New Testament as well. Mary. I was thinking about her this week, and I was thinking probably Lexi is getting nearly to be Mary's age when she heard God saying something to her. I can imagine Mary growing up in, uh, in Nazareth and having friends, and they'd be sharing secrets with each other. Oh, have you heard what so-and-so is doing? Have you heard this? Have you heard that? She was just a young girl, just normal, sharing secrets, growing up, learning about things. And then suddenly, a great whopping secret was shared with her. Suddenly, something happened to her that had happened, nothing like it had happened to her friends. Because when she was maybe 13 or 14, maybe 15, one of the top dog angels came along. Gabriel came and spoke to her. Wow. We know what Gabriel had to say, that she's going to have the Messiah and it's just going to be amazing for her. But I wonder how Gabriel felt when he left heaven and came to Israel to speak to Mary. I wonder how the other angels felt. They all knew what Gabriel's mission was to do. Do you think they wanted to come along as well? Do you remember on, uh, when Jesus was born, all these thousands of angels came after one angel had spoken. They were so excited about what was going on. Maybe other angels wanted to come along, but they weren't allowed, because how scary would that have been if thousands of angels had turned up to Mary? Even just seeing one angel perhaps was terrifying or not, not easy. And yet Gabriel gave her a message, a secret. And what did Mary respond? I am the Lord's servant, and I am willing to do whatever he wants. May everything you said come true. And then the angel disappeared. And I think sometimes, I was thinking this week, I wonder if Gabriel was ready with three or four extra things to say so that Mary might change her mind if she said, oh no, couldn't possibly do that. But Gabriel left because God knew Mary's heart. She was humble. She wanted to do what God said. And so Gabriel didn't need to go down his long list of reasons why she should say yes because Mary said yes straight away. Whatever the Lord says, I want to do. How astonishing that that would happen, that a young girl about Lexi's age, 13, 14 or so, would be seen by God and then would be used by God in such a brilliant and life-changing way, not just for her, but for all of us as well. Let's think about one more person. Ezekiel. I always think prophets have big beards, I don't know why, but I think so. So I've given them a big beard. I think that's perhaps what Ezekiel might have looked like, perhaps. I want to read something out to you from Ezekiel. Ezekiel 47. This is a bit of a journey that Ezekiel went on. 
Perhaps you're all familiar with it as well. Now he brought me back to the entrance to the temple. I saw water pouring out from under the temple porch to the east. The temple faced east. The water poured from the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then took me out through the north gate and led me around the outside to the gate complex on the east. The water was gushing from under the south front of the temple. He walked to the east with a measuring tape and measured up 1,500 feet, leading me through water that was ankle deep. He measured off another 1,500 feet, leading me through water that was knee deep. He measured off another 1,500 feet, leading me through water waist deep. He measured another 1,500 feet. By now it was a river over my head, water to swim in, water no one could possibly walk through. He said, son of man, have you had a good look? Then he took me back to the riverbank. And that's Ezekiel 47. In my Christian walk with God, there's been many times when I've paddled in God's love. Quite often, I've been wading. I've gone a bit further. And a few times, now and again, at significant moments in my life, I've taken my feet off the ground and I've swum in God's love. It's not my normal way of life to be swimming all the time. And it probably isn't yours either. I like to keep one foot on the ground sometimes, if I'm being honest. Just because you never know what's going to happen. God is calling all of us in our journeys to go deeper with him. If we've seen the river of God and we're just looking at it, what God is saying to us today is don't just look at the river. Dangle your feet inside. Just sit on the edge. Dip your feet in the river. If that's something you've been doing for a while, dipping your feet in God's river of love and joy, Why don't you go for a bit of a paddle? Why don't you go a bit deeper than what you've done already? Because God doesn't want us to stay where we are. Even though it's been great, God wants us to go deeper. So he wants us to step in to the river. If we've been dangling our feet over the edge, God's saying, go deeper. Have a bit of a paddle in my water of love and joy. If you've been paddling for a little while, you know what's coming next. God says go deeper. Don't stay on the edge. Go a bit closer to the centre. Go deeper. Wade into the middle. If you've been wading a lot of the time, then God says... Wow, is that good? How's the water feel? How is my love changing you and changing those around you? If you've been doing that for a while, what does God say? Go deeper. 
Don't just be happy with where you are at the moment. So God says, dive in. Jump in. Enjoy the water. Hey, have a bit of a splash around in God's love. God says, go deeper. Don't be happy with where you've been for the last year or five years or 20 years. God is saying to us today, go deeper. That's our journey, to go deeper. How do we respond to that? It's easy for me to say it, isn't it? And I've been here, God, saying this for ages to me. Go deeper. Don't be content with your experience of God that you've had in the last year, the last week. For me, I've heard God said many times to me, as an individual and as a couple, go deeper. And over the last couple of months, I've been hearing God say to me, as a church, go deeper. Don't be content with what's happened or what you've seen. I want to surprise you. I want to do new things in your life. But the only way we can do it is to go deeper, to cross the borders, to cross the obstacles that we see in our lives. Now, of course, some borders are really easy to cross, and some borders we don't even notice. Physical borders, this is. And I know, just by looking at some of you today, that you have crossed borders to get here. Here's one border. Can anyone tell me what this border is? This sort of purpley line. Yeah, this is it. So here's... There's the King's Lodge, and this red line that I've put on the map is the drive at the King's Lodge. So you can see Hyam Lane and the A5 and the King's Lodge Drive. But two-thirds away along the King's Lodge Drive is a border. The border between Leicestershire and Warwickshire. Now, Jean, did you have to bring your passport to come to church today? Because you crossed the border. Yeah. <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> okay, Yunju. Did you bring a passport to cross the border today? No. no. Because it was an easy border to cross, wasn't it? Yeah. But the border is there. It's just a really easy border. There isn't even a sign saying, you are now entering Leicestershire, or farewell, you have lost, left Warwickshire, or anything like that. There's no sign, but there's definitely a border there. Leicestershire, Warwickshire. There are some borders around the world that you definitely know are borders. Borders like this. Maybe between Israel and the West Bank. North Korea and South Korea. Uh, in 1987, I went to Berlin and I went on the train. And so, in the middle of the night, these border guards came in with guns. I was definitely crossing a border into East Germany. Definitely. And then when I got to Berlin... This big wall was still there. And if I had tried to cross it, and I wouldn't because it was really high, I'd have been shot dead. Because there was a border, you couldn't cross it. 
That was it. But looking at the five people we briefly looked at earlier, this is what we're called to do. To go, to do, to be. Not to stay as we are. We are not called to sit down and let life just happen. We are called to go. Remember, that's what he said to Jonah. To do things, to be the people that God is calling us to do. If you want to become more like Jesus, are there different types of borders or obstacles to cross in our own lives too? Maybe some borders are easy. Maybe some are harder. Some borders, some obstacles, some things that are keeping you back from following God wholeheartedly have been there for years. Maybe some aren't good for us. Maybe some we accept, but we shouldn't. On the front of the onward this, uh, this time is this picture. Have you begun to grasp God's love for you yet? And that's something I've been thinking about for the last sort of few weeks and been thinking about the verse that's there. We'll read that in a moment. But if we grasp God's love for us, we know that we're not just going to sit down and stay the same. We know that God's going to infill us and change us and move us on because that's what he's encouraging us to do. Here are these verses then from Ephesians 3. I ask him to strengthen you by his spirit. Not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength that Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite him in. And I ask him that with both feet firm, planted firmly on love, you'll be able to take in with all followers of Jesus the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Reach out and experience the breadth. Test its length. Plumb the depths. Rise to the heights. Live full lives, full in the fullness of God. God can do anything you know far more than you could ever imagine or guess. Uh, or imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. Can we sense God by his spirit working deeply and gently within us today, urging us onwards, saying, come on, you can do it. Follow me, I'm with you. Trouble is sometimes, because what people have said to us in the past, sometimes, sometimes we try to be someone we're not. We try and put on a, a bit of a face to make it easier for ourselves. Just like when children wear an adult's pair of shoes. They're not really adults, but they're pretending to be. They want to be, don't they? Children wearing adult shoes, that's what they do. But children aren't adults. And sometimes when we're just pretending to be something, God says, come on, I want to love you. Be yourself. Be who I made you to be. So sometimes we get ourselves wrong. Sometimes we get God wrong as well. There's a chap called Tim Keller who said this, most people want Jesus as a consultant rather than a king, but he doesn't come that way. And this photo reminds me of just chatting things through with someone, just having a sort of a lovely conversation over a cup of coffee and just making sure things are right. But God doesn't call us to have a cup of coffee with him 
and just chat through things. He calls us to bow the knee to him and say, you are my saviour. I'm going to do what you say. I'm going to be obedient to what you're having me do, God. Jesus isn't just a consultant, someone to chat things through with in our quiet times, just pulling things and saying, yes, Lord, that's, uh, that's great. Thank you for helping me. That's a wrong belief. That's not right. Jesus is our king and our saviour and not our consultant. Over the last few weeks, then, we've been thinking about discipleship and what the 12 disciples were like and the lady followers as well. And hopefully you've got a lot out of that. I know I did. But the three things that I found that really struck home to me were that we need regularly to be close to God. We need to obey God. And we need to trust God. What are the outcomes of these attitudes and actions in your life? As you regularly come close to God, not as a consultant, but as, his, as your Lord and as your Saviour, and then you obey God and you trust him. Someone told me a story earlier about how something, a coincidence, this person said, happened. And this is what we've thought about before. One of the Archbishops of Canterbury a few years ago said, when I pray, coincidences happen. When I don't, they don't. And what I want to encourage you to do is to be regularly close with God, to obey God, to trust God. Because then when we pray, we know we're praying in God's will and God is doing something in our lives to help us and to help other people and encourage other people too. So we've been talking about crossing the borders today. Obstacles just getting in our way and briefly looking at different people's lives. But when it comes down to it, we all perhaps have uh, borders to cross. Which borders do you need to cross today? What is God saying to you today that you need to change or you need to give up? You need to make a wholesale turnaround and say, Lord, I'm going to follow you. We all know change is hard. Even sitting in chairs that aren't the normal way is weird or difficult or just strange. But when we sort of do things over a period of a few years, and it becomes the norm, sometimes we need to change those things because God doesn't want those things to be the norm. God wants us to rise up, to stand up and say, Lord, I've heard the challenge of going deeper with you today. I want to follow you wholeheartedly. I'm going to jump in that river or go that little bit deeper than I've gone before because, Lord, you're calling me and where you call me, I want to obey. So we're just going to pray now. And then hopefully there's going to be some time for prayer later where if anyone wants some prayer about what they've heard this morning, then other people will come and pray and encourage you with that as well. But we're just going to pray and say, Lord, we need you. We do want to follow you individually and collectively as well. 
So Lord, we do thank you for the word that we've heard today, that we do have obstacles and borders to cross in our lives. Sometimes we know they're small and easy to cross. Sometimes, Lord, we know that these obstacles from following you have been there a long time. Lord, will you give us wisdom today to know what to do about them? If they're stopping us from following you with wholeheartedness and devotion and determination, Lord, help us to do something about it today because we are definitely wanting to follow you with all our hearts. You are calling us, Lord, to follow you. And we say, Lord, we're coming. We don't mind where we're going. We're with you. We will follow you always, Lord. Amen.